Welcome to McGuire on Wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? Let's give the people what they want. Professional wrestling. With Mike McGuire. The happiest Canadian camper in the world. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Give me a hell yeah. Hello. Thank you for downloading from wherever you're at. I am in the new McGuire on Wrestling studio in... Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, which is just a stone's throw, about an hour and change drive out of Calgary, uh, just off of the U.S. border as well, and my new home, my new radio home, my new home home, and and this is where we're based now. I've been waiting a long time to tell you guys this, but there was some things that happened here. They did what's called in the radio business a flip, so you know when a station is one thing one day and then it changes something else the next day? That's what we did here, so... I am the new morning show host on a station called 98.1 The Ranch. It is country. We're playing old. We're playing new. And for me, it's kind of a homecoming in a way. I actually started out in country music. I mean, The Goat was my first radio station back when I interned back in 2004. Then I did rock for a little bit, and I got brought into country very early on in my career. Grew up in that world, became a music director. I became a program director, went to some different markets, and now I'm back in that genre, but it doesn't change anything about the guy you're listening to at all. Still you and me talking about wrestling, because that's what I am. I determined this over the past couple years here. I'm a wrestling guy first. I've always been a wrestling guy first. I'm a radio guy second. Don't get me wrong. It's like one and one A, but here to talk to you about pro wrestling like we do each and every week. If you haven't heard yet, we signed a new podcast onto the feed this past week. Andy Evans from the Squared Circle, TSC. That podcast can be dropping midweek around the world on the McGuire on Wrestling podcast feed. You've also got the alternate commentary table, which drops every Saturday. And of course, we're here with the big show for you each and every week. And the new website is also finally up, mcguireshow.com. Used to take you just to the, the shirt store. Now it takes you to the website, which... Is basically just an extra link to the t-shirt store. No, <laughs> there's other stuff there. There's some show bios. There's some more stuff coming there. And if you have any suggestions for that or for the podcast or for anything else, because again, this is as much your show as it is ours, we want to hear from you. McGuire Show at yahoo.com is how you can email me directly. You can also find us at McGuire Show on all the social medias and again through McGuireShow.com. We do have some updates for you this week on the Vince McMahon saga, as that continues to be a dark cloud over pro wrestling, but we're also going to go back more to what we normally do here, and that is talk about the shows, talk about what's happening on TV, but we're not going to pretend like the other stuff isn't important or doesn't happen. We're just going to try and respectfully do what we bring you every week here as well. Dave Meltzer is standing by. We'll have more discussion with him, plus... A lot of feedback from you this past week, especially on what's been happening in WWE around the WrestleMania main event picture. There's a lot of people that aren't happy with what happened this past Friday on SmackDown. I don't see why, but it does raise a ton of questions. So we'll dive into some of your feedback as well. And also on the funnier side of things, we'll go into some of your guesses as to what Tony Khan's big announcement will be this Wednesday on Dynamite. I posed the question on the Team MOW Facebook page. Y'all took it completely not serious, which I actually enjoyed. So I think we'll have some fun there, too. Coming up this week, an update on federal investigators entering the fold of the Vince McMahon saga again. Has The Rock stolen the WrestleMania main event? CM Punk speaks out after his injury at the Rumble. Mick Foley wants a death match for his 60th birthday. We'll catch up with Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, but first, it's the five count. You want to hear the breaking news? There has been some new development in the Vince McMahon saga as it's revealed that Vince McMahon is now under federal investigation following the latest developments and accusations. Now, this is a story with some graphic details, so heads up to anyone listening who may want to skip ahead 30 seconds, especially if you got kids listening with you. It was last July when the first series of allegations caught the attention of federal investigators regarding Vince McMahon's business practices and accusations of sexual assault. The latest accusations which have surfaced in the lawsuit over the last couple weeks from former WWE employee Janelle Grant, including sex trafficking, are now part of that investigation and may lead to more actions being taken in the future. Now, currently, Grant is looking to have a non-disclosure agreement or NDA signed with McMahon nullified due to non-payment 
The lawsuit resulted in McMahon's immediate removal from TKO's executive board. With the ongoing federal investigation, it is also still possible that statements made by other past accusers could lead to criminal charges not limited to sexual assault, but right now, the matter remains in civil court. Now, those are some of the facts we've learned over the last week. What that essentially means is that Vince McMahon is still not criminally charged. He is under investigation and charges could follow, although it's again not known to what degree they may be willing to go in charging. It might be something to do with fraud. It might have something to do with the actual misconducts. We don't know. And any report that says otherwise at this time is pure speculation. Well, the card for this year's WrestleMania is said to still be up in the air, and it's evident as what we saw this past Friday on SmackDown. Cody Rhodes made an appearance to confront Roman Reigns in storyline as he has a championship match of his choice after winning the Royal Rumble. Instead, fans in Birmingham, Alabama got this surprise. I want that title. I want everything, and I am coming for it. I am coming for you, Roman Reigns. but not at WrestleMania. I mentioned taking counsel. Roman, one of the individuals I talked to, he knows you very well. This Thursday, WWE is holding a WrestleMania XL kickoff event in Las Vegas. Now, there is some speculation that the match between Roman Reigns and The Rock could be announced, but that then leaves in question an incentive for a men's elimination chamber match for that big show coming up in Australia. Fan feedback hasn't been that great either upon the arrival of The Rock on SmackDown this past Friday, with Cody Rhodes seemingly stepping aside from a championship match against Reigns. The video is said to be the most disliked video on YouTube for WWE's account. Now, that is one metric to go by. However, you give people a chance to click on something that's popular to click on, they're going to do it. Remember when Fandango's music went number one? Just saying. Other happenings this week in WWE included Tiffany Stratton having her main roster edition made on SmackDown. Naomi is also back on the blue brand. Andrade has been assigned to Monday Night Raw. And Braun Breaker seems to be floating as a free agent right now, but Shawn Michaels says the son of Rick Steiner still has some things left to do in NXT. Well, everything that happened on SmackDown is believed to have taken place largely due to the fact that CM Punk suffered that torn tricep at the Royal Rumble. Leading up to that moment, WWE cameras were following Punk going into the Rumble and featured a 30-minute documentary on their website. Punk had this to say about his injury and the fact he won't be main eventing WrestleMania this year. I'm very careful about saying like, you know, where you work is your family because I think your family is your family and where you work is your job. But it's been a great support system, you know. Um, and just certain looks from certain people I get and then I start crying again, you know. And Cody's one of them, you know. He's uh He's a great dude. This locker room is is everything the business is supposed to be. And is everything the business was sold to me as being. And it's remarkable. And that's why I'm so sad. I'm not sad I hurt my arm. I'm sad I'm temporarily out of this amazing situation. Sincerest and best wishes going out to Jim Ross. JR has been going through a lot of health struggles over the last couple of years, but he let us know this past Thursday that he underwent another cancer surgery. Ross has been battling skin cancer since 2021. And he was hoping to be officially cancer-free at the end of December that year. Since then, he's had some wounds to deal with due to the intense radiation use. JR has also said that his current contract with AEW comes to a head on February the 14th. Ross is saying he hopes to sign a new deal get the chance to finish his career in AEW and be on the call for Sting's farewell match at the AEW Revolution pay-per-view on March 3rd. And sticking with AEW, get ready. Tony Khan promising a big announcement on Dynamite this Wednesday. Now, speculation's running pretty high that the announcement could have something to do with Mercedes Monet, who is from Boston, where they're going to be having Dynamite this Wednesday. And of course, as you may know, TK's big announcements have been hit and miss. 
So who knows what we'll get there, but also advertised for the show, Sting and Darby Allen will get a shot at Big Bill and Ricky Starks for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Hangman Adam Page faces Swerve Strickland for a shot at Samoa Joe in the AEW World Title. Chris Jericho will be taking on Konosuke Takeshita, and Tony Storm will face Red Velvet in an AEW Women's Championship Eliminator match. Coming up on the show, Mick Foley made news when he announced on a recent podcast that he would like to celebrate his 60th birthday with a final death match. I'm going to do one, one final match. What? For my 60th birthday death match. You kidding around? I'm not kidding. I think it would be a great incentive to drop those 100 big ones. And, uh... I think it might be fun. It was this day, though, in 1995 that Foley had a death match against an ECW mainstay. Do you remember who it was? We'll give you the answer to that, and Dave Meltzer is standing by right after this. This is McGuire on Wrestling. You got to stream the alternate commentary table every single Saturday. It's brought to you on the McGuire on Wrestling feed. I'm one half of your host, Demetri Carolas, and I'm here with my partner, Mitch Hondras. Mitch, what is the alternate commentary table? It's simple. It's the perspective of wrestling from the other side of the railing, the real fans. That's right. The perspective that you need. You might have a little bit of fun, too. The alternate commentary table. Subscribe free now to the McGuire on Wrestling podcast feed wherever you get your podcast. Cheshire. Welcome back to McGuire on Wrestling. On February 4th, 1995, ECW held an event called Double Tables. It was a show that would feature Sabu and the Tasmaniac win the ECW tag titles from the public enemy in a Double Tables match. Shane Douglas, the franchise, also defended the ECW title against Tully Blanchard. But one of the most memorable matches was Mick Foley, wrestling then as Cactus Jack, going to war against the Sandman in a Texas death match. Cactus would go on to win that match as he and Sandman would continue to feud throughout Foley's ECW run. It's time for the Wrestling Observer Insider with Dave Meltzer, McGuire on Wrestling. As he does every week, joining us on the show, the one and only Dave Meltzer. Dave, thank you so much for being here, sir. You're very welcome. It's all, there's certainly no shortage of news, I mean, especially this week. Yeah, well, you know, the, the big news for me is I finally got to say where I am now, and that's in uh, Lethbridge, Alberta, just a stone throw from Calgary. Heart, family, wrestling, country, and there's a great indie promotion I just found out about here. They got big shows coming up, so I'm happy to be here. But, of course, like you said, lots to talk about in the world of wrestling this week. We have to start with it again. I went into it a little bit in the news at the top of the show here, and that is the federal investigators continuing their investigation now to potential criminal charges being possible with Vince McMahon. I mean, this is something that we talked about before. It's it's a civil matter until it's not. So yeah. I guess we're we're at that point now where this could be the turning point and and who knows how long this investigation is going to take. But what, what's the latest for us on this? I mean, it's been going on since July. What we know is that they did seize his phone, which is the phone that he made those text messages that showed up in the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, those text messages to me are are certainly enough to get him out of wrestling forever, but they are not necessarily criminal because there's nothing in those text messages that we saw that indicated rape. Now, trafficking, you can argue, look, we have to sit and wait and see what um, evidence they have. They, they We know that they've talked to all of the women that he had NDAs with. And criminal is very difficult, especially like in a rape case, because it's usually going to be one person's word against another, and you need like really strong evidence. Now, the one thing is, is that if John Laurinaitis turns on Vince, which he already has, that could be a real key if he corroborates her story about the rape and they give him you know, immunity to testify against Vince, which would not surprise me that that could happen. So um, the John Laurinaitis becomes a very key figure in this depending on, you know, what he would would or would not say. This transcends wrestling now. This isn't even about wrestling anymore. This is about... No, it's, it's it's huge. It's it's major mainstream news. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, you know, it's like it's it's much bigger than, than a wrestling angle or something like that. And um, I was pretty certain he was done the last time. And with the benefit of hindsight, um, it's almost like I can't believe it, except the fact is he was a... You know, I mean, the reality is... He was able to get himself back, not because the board wanted him back, but because he bullied his way back or whatever. He used his his voting power. And it's like they were essentially they were powerless to stop him because he owned so many shares. 
And then he negotiated the sale because if he didn't negotiate the sale, the stock price would have dropped with him being back. So he negotiates the sale or the merger. And I'm guessing that no matter what was said publicly, that part of the deal of Ari Emanuel getting this and Endeavor getting this is that Vince gets to stay. I, you know, because if you look at like he had an investigation, he had the NDAs. Um, and then the minute they got control, they did really take away a lot of his power. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was kind of like a game. It's like, oh, Ari outplayed Vince. But it's like, I think that at the same time, this was a big embarrassment for Ari because the deal is, is that people will look at this now and go like, why did you ever let him back? And there's no good answer. And, and you know, Endeavor or or um, and TKO, I mean, they've made no statements. No, the last one they made was saying they were going to have their internal investigation. And that's when Vince left, basically. Moving forward now, just on what we know and what we don't know for sure. There, there's a lot of people that like to think that they're, you know, breaking a story or, or getting a theory out there. There is no criminal charge. There is nothing actually laid out there for now. And also, a lot of people are, are trying to figure out and name names as to who these other executives could be. Even though they are mentioned as Executive 1, Executive 2, Executive 3, they're not being actually implied in the civil suit as being liable, are they? No, 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 no. The only people yeah. in the civil suit are, are Laurinaitis, Vince, and the company itself. So in a sense, the company they run is is uh, has been sued, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, that's where a lot of the money is. Yeah. Um, but whoever these other board members are or other major executives, the different people that have named their name there, there's like knowledge of some that, that something happened. But there's really no evidence that any of them knew the extent of the depravity. Did, mm-hmm. did they know that there was an affair? Yeah. Look, everyone know we had affairs. You know what I mean? That's not big secret news, and that's not anything that he's going to get convicted on or even booted out of his company on. So, um, but but what they know is very important. It's very important to know who knew what and everything like that. The company is liable. None of those individuals are liable. There was nobody else that was named in the suit, including Lesnar. He's not named in the suit either. It's heavily implied that allegedly he had a part in this uh, as far as perhaps being a, a recipient. But again, we have to say allegedly in all this situation here, because again, there's there's nothing definitively Proof that we can put in front of you on this show right now to say, see, here it is, because we're not, that's not well, what we do. I mean, here, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the text messages are real. That's not necessarily criminal, but it's not necessarily not criminal either. You know, I mean, people are going to yeah. look at it and figure out, but it's, it's, it, to me, it's enough that he can't come back. Um, and Laurenitis, too. The, that, the, just the text message alone. You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah. you, uh, you, you, you know, I mean, and it is funny, you know, in the text message, you know, Vince going like, oh, my God, you know, like making clear Laurinaitis new. And it's like, oh, he's a sloppy drunk. He might spill. You know, it's like Vince writing that and then still trusting everything to Laurinaitis and having him as an executive role. I mean, that's I mean, it was it was something to see that. Put it that way. And like you said, this could turn into a big power play between those two now. If if John turns on Vince and there's a whole rift in between there, I mean, this this whole thing could get. John already turned on Vince. Yeah. You know? And I mean, the thing he said was that her lawsuit, I mean, he basically or his lawyer basically said it's a, a well-written lawsuit, which doesn't say that he corroborates everything in the suit, but seems to indicate that he corroborates the basic themes of the suit and claims he was also a victim in the sense that I think he's saying that if he didn't do this, he was afraid he would lose his job. That's his tact. A lot of people are very much scoffing on that one, given right. certain things that she said. Um, it's kind of hard, like if they're having secret meetings and they're actually doing that, then yes, Lauren Ice is, is trying to protect himself from what could be a big financial reward and even criminal charges. If based on what she wrote, you know, Lauren Ice is hardly scot-free. And that's where going back to uh, Grant's original lawsuit about the trafficking. I mean, it was the whole, you got to meet so-and-so for these days and schedule for these days. Again, we don't want to get into the gory details here, but there there was some implication that if this turns out to be true, then yeah, it, it could be definitely perceived as that. But we'll have to see. Again, nothing has been decided or determined or even made it to a courtroom yet. So we'll have to see uh, as things go by here. Okay, Dave, let's talk about wrestling. What do you say? Uh, we'll talk about the the thing we actually base our, our lives on here a little bit here. And we're going to go over to AEW here because we didn't really get to talk about them at all last week. You did mention a bit about AEW's continued attendance woes and, and shows are kind of hit and miss depending on what market they're going to these days now. Um, I had an interesting post on our Facebook page and they were wondering if if attendance struggles can be fixed by booking ahead or is booking 
even the issue with attendance right now? Is it something else? Is it is it cost? Is it frequency of shows? Is it lack of stars? What, what do we think the problem is here? It's a little bit of all of the above. I mean, it's like they don't advertise matches ahead of time that make you want to buy tickets because they just don't until the last week and then it's late. You know, some, mm-hmm. sometimes the shows click and people will buy tickets late and oftentimes they don't. And there've been some big matches. I mean, Samoa Joe and Hook was a big TV match. It did not sell tickets late. I, I wouldn't say going to the market too often because WWE goes to markets more often and, and their numbers are going up. So you can't really use issues. I think that the the deal is, is WWE is the A brand, you know, and across the board, the A brand. Before it was a dogfight. You know, there were a lot of people who thought not that AEW was the A brand, but that AEW was competitive. And in attendance, they were for a while. Once WWE got much hotter, and that's always the history of wrestling. When when there's a promotional war and they're fighting tooth and nail, both sides usually do well until one side wins or is winning. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened here. One side started winning. And so the interest in the other side. You know, you people are, don't see it as the secondary brand. So and it's it's a bitch to to uh, turn around a secondary brand. It's not nothing's impossible, but it's it's really hard. I mean, Tony Khan's really going to have to test if he can turn this around. He's done something that most companies historically have not been able to do. And uh, we'll see. I mean, I think that, you know, I watch the TV. I think most weeks the TV is real good. I mean, wrestling wise, obviously, you get a lot of good wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. There's more to it than wrestling matches. But um but WWE is still the one that, you know, has the superstars. And it's not even the ability to make stars. The fact is, is that you can't compete with with Dwayne Johnson. You know what I mean? And, you know, the the exposure levels that WWE has, because now they're out there in front of 10,000 people on those shows. And AEW's out there in front of two to four. And it's just a difference. And everyone can see it. And, and uh, you know, that's. You know, it's it's not like I said, it's not impossible. But this is a tough position. They're in a very tough position to turn around. It's not dead or by any means. The company in some ways financially is growing. But mm-hmm. attendance, yeah, atten- attendance is very tough. Pay-per-view is doing well. TV ratings are fine. You know, Wednesday is usually good. One of the higher rated, you know, non-sports shows on television for, you know, in all the cable. Um, not, I mean, not at WWE level, but, you know, it's it's still really good. And uh, Friday, Saturday is hit and miss depending on... Uh, you know, the sports. I mean, Friday's a tough night, tough time slot. Saturday's a tough night. They've done all right on some Saturdays. They did they did much better against the NFL than anyone expected. Uh, they got killed by SummerSlam, but that's not a surprise. Right. And we'll see going forward. The key demo did take a hit this past week in AEW for Dynamite. But I mean, these are again numbers that fluctuate so much. It was in it was in the normal range and it was I mean, it was down. Absolutely. But it was in like the normal range to me right now is 0.24 to 0.34. So you're at the low end of normal range. But when I, when you look at the marquee value of the show, it was low end of normal range. So mm-hmm. um, while I would say it's not what I would call a good number for them, um, I wasn't surprised. Now, this coming week better be good because this coming week, it's a, it's a big show. Well, match-wise, definitely. I mean, you've got that big tag match between Sting and Darby versus uh, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. You've got the number one contendership match between Swerve and Hangman. You've got the women's eliminator match. I mean, match-wise, there's some great matches there. Of course, the other big thing on this one is a Tony Khan big announcement. Now, with it being in Boston, many people are speculating it's going to be Perhaps the announcement of uh, Mercedes money joining the roster. Do you have any indications of what this is going to be? Any idea? I mean, that's what everyone's expecting. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're talking about a new person, you know, you got Mercedes and you got Okada. They're the two. I don't I have not heard anything about Okada being signed. Mercedes, there's a feeling that she signed. If she signed, this is the week to announce it. Because I was told that they were going to announce Mercedes on uh, last week. And then when all the, with all the Vince stories, it's kind of like it, they just felt it was like not the right time. So now it's a week later. So I I expect that that's who it is. I, I expect that they'll announce a show at the Boston Garden. A lot of people are thinking March 13th. We'll see. That's what I expect it to be. We'll see. Well, it's hard to think of what else it could be to, to warrant a big announcement. I mean, this is one of those things where I think Tony even finally realized if, if it doesn't live up to being important, it's going to fall flat on his face because people were getting a little... Little boy who cried wolf on this for a while here. So, yeah, I but I mean, I mean, there's, it could be Okada, you know, it could be a TV deal. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different things that could be, but Mercedes is certainly the favorite. Yeah. What about the speculation? Somebody put out there that uh, what if they're planning on moving nights for Rampage and Collision? Do you think that'll happen? I mean, that's up to TBS and TNT. Um, right. You know, I don't, I don't expect it now. I mean, as far as the new TV deal, um, 
I mean, you know, if they have, I think that, I think when it comes to moving nights, they probably, the smart thing to do is wait to see what WWE does with their schedule because you don't want to move and then move again in, in January. You know what I mean? So I think that these nights probably would be what it, what they are. And if like, let's say SmackDown moves to Wednesday and I've heard no indication that's the case, but if, you know, nothing would surprise me. Then you've got to figure out how do we readjust this, you know? And if, you know, um, you know, I mean, there's, you know, if there's an opening on a Thursday for one of those shows and, and uh, they're behind it, you know, TNT and TBS are behind it, like moving to listen to Thursday, obviously, is going to be far superior to Saturday if that's what they want. And, you know, one of the things they wanted, the reason they wanted Saturday was because Saturday, unless it's, you know, Saturday was was a night that's a very tough night to draw because of all the sports. So they wanted something that would be a consistent draw. And, you know, Collision does, except when they go against the WWE major show, Collision does much better than the movies that they were had in that time slot. So. It's been somewhat successful, perhaps not as successful as I expected, but it's not a failure in that slot. But yes, if it was moved to Thursday, it would be, you know, the number would be much higher. Well, again, we, we've talked about just trying to steer the ship on collision to get it back up to where it was in its launch days. But I mean, they, they've got an uphill battle there, too. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we mentioned Okada already here. So no news as far as where he could be ending up yet. I mean, it's AEW or WWE and AEW feels like the favorite because they made the better offer. But WWE is not out of the running. So um, that's a wait and see. But I would presume that that answer would be out certainly by the end of the month. You know, I mean, he is a free agent today, although he's got a couple more. He's got uh, three more New Japan matches. Okay, let's shift over to WWE as the show now and, and not the company as much. We saw The Rock come out on Friday. Of course, there's a big press event planned for this Thursday here. Speculation is going to be that they're going to announce The Rock versus Roman or somehow how they're going to get there. Is that the plan now? Is that what we've heard? Do we know for sure? Is Is that going to be the case and if so did cody get screwed out of his spot everything's an angle right now i'll just say that everything's an angle so interesting they um as far as where they're going with this um i think that they want you to think it's it's roman reigns and rock and cody got screwed that's the angle i did hear cody and seth was scheduled for wrestlemania you know but the way everything plays out um you know, everything's up in the air. There's a million ways they can do it. And, um, you know, I anticipate that the outrage was something that they um, uh, formulated, you know, that they were expecting. And, and you know, they're trying to play 3D, 3D chess and perhaps it's working. But, um, I mean, you know, Dwayne has to be on the show at this point. And then, he, and I mean, I was told flat out he's on the show and Roman Reigns and Dwayne is on there. But they can, you know, like people go, can you do this? Can you do that? You can do anything you want. You know what I mean? Right. You can have Roman wrestle both of them in a, in a three-way. You can have him wrestle one one night, one the other night. You can do, you know, there's many ways that you can go about doing this, depending on what they want to do. And, you know, they believe they're playing the fans. You know, I mean, I know the fans believe they're outraged and they gave us something we didn't want. At the end of the day, you know, the reality is, is that the biggest drawing match and, you know, is is Roman and and uh, and Dwayne? It's the biggest drawing match. It's also the the it makes no sense storyline wise. And you know, mm-hmm. Cody winning the Rumble, which was by design. You know, if they didn't want controversy, they could have had Dwayne win the Rumble. They could have had Punk win the Rumble. You know what I mean? They're yeah. looking for this. So uh, I mean, I I could not tell you how they get out of it because I'm not even sure that they know. You know, I think that it's a lot of this is playing by ear, but. I don't see it as screwing Cody because Cody's going to get they're They're going to pay off that story at some point because they have to. Is it will it be at WrestleMania? I don't know. As far as we know, though, Punk is legitimately hurt. And that, yeah, that, he, pro- yeah, that probably is what changed a lot of this right off the hop. Right. Because yeah. Punk had surgery on Thursday. He's yeah. out. And I mean, the one thing that I find most interesting is, is how hard McIntyre is going after him. So mm-hmm. that tells me that McIntyre in his own mind expects to be in WWE in, in eight months. So, um, you know, I mean, I know that as of Monday, he had not signed a new deal. You know, McIntyre's got a lot of leverage if he wants to play both sides. He'd be well, he's, great- got, he's got that, but he's also got a reason to take some time off, too, now, too. If he wanted to disappear for a bit, this would be the perfect time because Punk's not going to be around anyways. So we, we can give that a little bit of a break and maybe come after summer. All of a sudden, that's when they set up that return feud. 
I mean, there's yeah, tons yeah. of options. So yeah, yeah, you know, he could go and take three months off and then come back for a big surprise when Punk comes back. Yeah, because McIntyre has expressed that you know he's been looking at taking some time away to to get back home and and why not take it take the time you've got everything in your corner so uh, have at her. If we go Rock versus Roan, if that's what get announced this Thursday at this press conference, this event here. What do we have for an incentive then? Because Cody will use his rumble spot to go after Seth. What do we have as an incentive for a men's elimination chamber match? Because in my mind, the only thing that would work is Rock says, I'm going to go to elimination chamber. I'm going to win that. And then I'm coming for you, Roman. But if they just set that match. Man, that's tough because, because um, what do we do? Like I could see Rock coming in number 30 at the rumble and winning that and work in like five, six minutes. Right. Elimination Chamber is like a, a 30 minute elimination match. Right. And even, even if you go in late, you got to do a lot. And I don't see Dwayne coming back and his first match being a show that's at 7 a.m. or whatever time it is. It's just not, you know, I think that his first match back, because I think he only, I, my gut on him is still, it's like, you know, one match and that's it. Although he did sign a $30 million deal. So that, that could be more than one match. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's on the table. I don't know. I think that him doing elimination chamber actually weakens WrestleMania, even if he wins it. So, um, but yeah, they could do that storyline that like, Hey, I have to earn it. I'm going to elimination chamber to earn it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it makes the storyline better. Yeah. I think that's legit. The only way you can do it. Otherwise, why have a men's elimination chamber match? Because that's what always what it was. Whoever wins that gets the shot at the champion that the Rumble winner didn't choose. That's the whole premise for why they have it in February. Now, I mean, it's, right. there's no reason for a men's elimination chamber match unless it's for Dwayne. You know, yeah, you're you're right. I, I think that's got to be it. I don't know. We'll find out, obviously, on Monday or Thursday, one or the other for sure. As that comes closer. Well, we do have a question from a listener here and it regards the rock. And you did mention, and this is kind of what I was thinking too, with him signing that deal to be on the board, to get the ownership of his name, which we have to remember is also a ton more money that's going to come in for him because now he gets a greater share of his merchandise. He gets a greater share of his residuals. He gets all this stuff associated with the rock. That's now his. So he's making bank already. The reason for Dwayne to want to come back and wrestle now makes perfect sense because even if he doesn't get a big payday from WrestleMania per se, which he still will, but he gets all this. He just just got, he literally just got $30 million. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like this is, this is the big payday is is that now it's, it's on him to make sure this thing succeeds as a board member. And as someone who's involved with the company, his payoff is a totally different spectrum now than even whether or not he wrestles the company has to succeed. So, the, the, question. Well, the, other, the other thing with being on the board mm-hmm. is I think that to him, you know, it's funny when the thing was for sale, one of the things that I thought was a possibility was Dwayne spearheading a group and trying to raise the capital because I could absolutely see Dwayne wanting to end up not necessarily running things like Vince McMahon did day to day or, or booking like, like Levesque, but being the, you know, on the board and an owner of wwe i mean it's almost like life comes full circle little kid you know watching this stuff and he ends up you know not just being a superstar and a movie star but the owner of this thing that he's watched since he was you know because wwe it's like it's not even like owning a territory it's like owning the 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 whole you know a 90 market share 82 percent market share whatever it is of yeah. the entire industry well and, and to go off that side now the, the other question that came in uh, regarding WrestleMania, and uh, it was an interesting question here. I, I think I have an idea, but the question is, with Peacock over pay-per-view, what is the financial incentive for bringing names like The Rock or others into WrestleMania? Uh, is this more about keeping the prestige up overall, or do they still worry about WrestleMania as a bottom line? Because they're bringing up the example that, well, people can join Peacock and and disconnect, you know, like you can unsubscribe the month after. But, I mean... That's not even going to be a factor moving into this Netflix deal soon here. So I, I guess what the the question is, is what is the incentive to pay money on big names? And again, I, I think this one in Dwayne's situation has to be more about prestige than it even has to be about the money because the money's already there for him. Um, so, you know, as far as like ticket sales, none because the show's selling out either way. Um, as far as what Peacock is paying, none. That's a fixed number. Yeah, where, where the difference is, 
is that you can get a lot of sponsorship for having Dwayne on the show. Like to bring in a Bill Goldberg or bring in a Brock Lesnar. The reality is, is like, no, you know, you can, it can juice up the WrestleMania card, but do you need it? And is it going to draw you any extra money? No, no. Dwayne is the exception. Dwayne can draw extra money because there will be people who want to sponsor. This as a once in a lifetime WrestleMania, you know, right. event being much bigger and sponsorship for WrestleMania. I mean, we're talking last year was 20 million. So if you have Dwayne, I mean, if it ends up being 30 million or 35 million, yeah, that's a giant increase as well. So, so Dwayne being on the card, you know, on, at, you know, looking at old school economics, you go like, you're already sold out and the Peacock money's guaranteed. So why even bother? The reality is, is he's the one, you know, plus he'll help TV ratings, you know, through this whole stretch, be, the ratings are going to be bigger. The exposure, more people will watch the show and the more people who watch that are not really what I would call big wrestling fans, but are just Dwayne Johnson curious to see. And if they get hooked on something else and they, and they have a fun time at the show, you know, it, it helps build future, uh, so, you know, future WWE television viewing and future WWE big show viewing. So Dwayne's a difference maker, you know, I mean, and he, but he's the only one like Bill Goldberg. Is there an incentive to bring in Bill Goldberg or even Undertaker for that matter? There really isn't. But Dwayne, yes, there absolutely is. You know, we as wrestling fans, I think, are still getting used to all our matches being sponsored now and, and these events having ancillary sponsorships so that all makes sense and don't forget the guy's still a movie star his own movies can can benefit from that just by getting exposure you know yep. they run a tra- they run a trailer or they run you know some sort of campaign around that hopefully nothing that has to involve a big golden egg again but you know what i mean it's it can be there there's so much cross promotion cross branding opportunity in this and so far wrestling fans don't seem to care like it's fine this match is brought to you by so and so who cares that's awesome here, here here's another here's another one um, perhaps he can cross market the the uh, UFL. Oh know? yeah, because they've merged he, the leagues now. He, so he's a sixteen percent owner and a public face of that company, and um, you know that company needs help. You know what I mean? That's that's they're not home free like WWE. So anything that can help them, you know, um, you know, I mean that's that's why it's so beneficial to Dwayne to have this platform. Um, and look, at thirty million dollars. From a company that he would work for for a lot less because he he does love wrestling. You know, it's yeah. one of those things. He literally, legitimately loves wrestling. All right, last thing for you, Dave, before we go into uh, what people can read about in the newsletter. There's a lot of people that, that are very reactive and very upset about this whole thing. Are, are they taking it too seriously? Are, are fans getting too up in arms about this this whole rock thing coming in? There's... Well, considering it's an angle, I mean, I think that that's what they, you know, WWE wants them to be. I think that okay. it's music to their ears. Hmm. So, but in that sense, are they, hey, look, I, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 it's like, I, I can't get upset about it because number one, I know they're not screwing Cody at the end, you know, it's they pro may, wrestling, right? Like, I mean, we, we gotta be, he may not be Roman Reigns at this WrestleMania. Maybe he will one way or the other. He's going to get that championship someday. May not be WrestleMania, maybe WrestleMania, maybe next year's WrestleMania, um, whatever they're, they're not going to just leave this story out and they know that. So I don't worry about Cody and his booking at all. So yeah. Do I get upset at this? Not at all. It's just, if the backlash is bad enough, they'll pivot, you know, they pivoted with uh, Batista, you know what I mean? When that wasn't going to work, they right. pivoted in this one. I think that they already knew going in. I think that they're, you know, the pivoting that they do will probably be something they planned from the start. Maybe not. You can always change, you know, and you can always, Say where the puppet master and this one really worked. I think they knew that there would be a major backlash because Cody didn't get the spot. And so I think that's part of their storyline, especially when you have Logan Paul and you have Ricochet tweeting. That tells you right there. It's a hundred percent angle and the reaction is what they're looking for. They're happy. As far as fans being super upset, that's what they want. You know, you want people to care a lot. And uh if it makes them care a lot, then it's been successful. Everything is wrestling. That was a, a slogan a friend of mine uses. And we got to remember that. We got to remember that. We're, we're paying to be entertained and to have our hearts tugged in different directions. So don't get mad about it. Just watch the show and see what happens. All right. Before we go, Dave, of course, uh, like you said, you've been very, very busy covering everything going on in the world of wrestling. I'm sure the Vince stuff was a big part of this past week's newsletter. But for those that want to subscribe to the Wrestling Observer and read your thoughts and, and get some of the, the details and news of what's going on in the world, what can they read about if they join this week? Yeah, I mean, this issue is probably the most in-depth on the Vince thing. Got the whole timeline from start to finish, you know, things from the past, 
you know, when regarding John Laurinaitis and, and I mean, when everything's out there, as I was writing the thing, it was kind of fascinating me because when I was done, it really all tied together. I mean, this is, this is decades of history of Vince McMahon, all kind of being pulled together and you see patterns and you see things that you didn't see like Stephanie McMahon and John Laurinaitis and, you know, John Laurinaitis being removed and being put back and Triple H being demoted and Stephanie McMahon leaving. And it's all in there and it all it all ties together. You know, the Vince McMahon being out, Vince McMahon being in, different the way the sale went down. I think that all of this is very clear. Vince signed a big contract with WWE, big long-term contract on March 24th of last year, right before the finalization of the sale. It was very difficult to get rid of him because he was supposed to get a guaranteed deal. Did they foresee this? No. But should they have insisted when they bought it that he's not involved? Yes. Maybe they couldn't get it any other way, even though they say the opposite, You know that, that they asked him to stay. I'm very skeptical of that one right now. I mean, that part of the story is very fascinating. The gross yeah. part of the story that's in the week before's issue. You know, that that's the detail in there. And, you know, you can see that. And that's a different story. Do you think you're going to get called in for another Netflix shoot now on this Vince documentary? I haven't yet. So um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, like uh, the story changed again. So some they have to talk to somebody about it. That's for sure. There you go. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Thank you, sir. We will touch base again next week. OK, have a great week. Coming up after a quick break, we are going to take you into the forum, the Team MOW Facebook page, and find out how many of you are actually up in arms about this whole Cody Rhodes Rock situation. How many of you are going to let it slide and maybe wait and find out what happens during the show? Plus, in a segment that should almost be on the ACT because it's so silly but kind of fun, we're going to take your guesses as to what Tony Khan's big announcement is going to be on this week's upcoming episode of AEW Dynamite. That is all on the way. Thanks for being here. This is McGuire on Wrestling. Welcome back to McGuire on Wrestling. Welcome back. One thing we haven't talked about yet is that today is NXT's Vengeance Day PLE tonight. Now, that's if you're downloading on the day of show here. Uh, Vengeance Day going to be headlined by Ilya Dragunov taking on Trick Williams, defending his uh, NXT championship against Trick. You've got Lyra Valkyria versus Roxanne Perez for the women's championship, North American title, Oba Femi versus Dragon Lee. And then you got Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker taking on Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Trick working double duty tonight. I mean, this could have some sort of storyline implication. We'll see. Carmelo obviously getting more time on the main roster now. Trick Williams has shown up there, but this is all happening in NXT tonight. So very interesting. We'll talk more about that next week when things shake down. But I want to talk about some of the things that have happened this past week in wrestling. And a lot of you had some comments when it came to The Rock showing up to seemingly take Cody's place at WrestleMania this year. Now, this match hasn't been confirmed but presuming the destination is going to be just that, how are we going to get there? And a lot of you had some thoughts that came up on the Team MOW McGuire on Wrestling Facebook. Uh, Martin Rue, who's always a great contributor, says, The way Cody said it, I feel like we're getting near the end of the Roman Reigns story and Cody will face Reigns before Mania and take the belt away from him. Then, Rock will beat Reigns at Mania, forcing Reigns to take a long vacation and come back on his redemption tour by next year's Rumble. That's... That's a lot crammed into a couple months here. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that that seems to be kind of convoluted. That That's very much a old school TNA way of getting there, I feel. And not that that's a bad thing. I just think the WWE is really in this pattern right now of trying to simplify things as much as possible because that's how you get the, the most people paying attention. Keep it simple. Keep it real easy to understand. But, I mean, hey, anything's possible. Cody Brown says, am I missing something? This is some kind of swerve to throw off the Cody versus Roman at Mania actually happening, right? Or am I being naive? I, You know, yeah, I, I think <laughs> you might be a little naive. But at the same time, you know, like I said, anything is possible in wrestling here. We'll see what happens. 
Stefan Bennett from over in the UK wrote a soliloquy. I'm going to try and condense this a little bit here, Stefan. He says, it looks like it'll be Rock versus Roman for the WWE Championship and Seth versus Cody for the World Heavyweight Championship. I get why many are disappointed, but I like the idea of Seth versus Cody. The Rock versus Roman was always likely to happen, and the fact that The Rock is family, the career he's had, etc., it just fits the whole bloodline journey of the past year, and them clashing makes sense, and a pivotal milestone in that journey. That, that does make sense. Plus, I mean, he gets into this on his post, but let's talk about the Cody-Seth feud. This is something that right now they're in a place of mutual respect for each other, but when this whole thing started, Seth was the hardcore heel, surprised by Cody being the mystery opponent at WrestleMania. Then they went on in that match at Hell to Cell. We were there. Dave and I brought you that story first before anyone else in the world, and they put on an incredible match to the point that the only heat getter before that was going to be Seth showing up in a dusty themed outfit. And then you have this brutal injury and they still go out and give you a killer hell in the cell match. These guys continuing their story. And by the way, who says Cody wins? Just, just a thought there. Blaine says, how do we know Cody won't still face Roman at mania? Well, because Cody said he's not going to challenge him at WrestleMania. That's, Probably the the easiest answer there, Blaine. But he says they could have both title matches on night one and the winners face off in night two. Yeah, I do agree with your comment that nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. I, I Actually, you know what? I don't agree with that. Wrestling fans love wrestling. Wrestling haters pretend to be wrestling fans, but really just like hating things. Some people hate watch wrestling because they need to be right. They need to feel validated in their opinions. I really try and stay away from that on this show. We just kind of have fun talking about it and let your opinion be your opinion. Then Devin Axman says, I'm actually seeing, quote, let it play out posts for Cody at Mania. They made his character so weak. He just steps aside for nothing after winning the Rumble. Mania is sold out. You don't need to sell pay-per-views. I don't get it. You know, and I, I can see where that confusion is. It does seem a little weird, especially after Cody literally points up at Roman in the skybox and says, I'm coming for you, I'm coming for you, and then this happens. But I still think that the plan was originally going to be Cody versus Roman and Seth versus Punk, and Punk's injury played a big part in this whole thing. By the way, I don't think Punk was going to go over in that match either. I think Punk was going to look at the lights for that one, but we'll have to wait at least a year if he gets the main event that spot at all. And then Vinny B out in Sherwood Park says, WrestleMania has always been about transcending the world of professional wrestling, and getting as many eyes on the product as possible. Does it suck for Cody? Sure, but Roman versus Rock is the match, and even Cody gets it. Yeah, guys, WrestleMania is bigger than all of us. It's it's not about those of us that sit and watch and wait all year. Some of it is. Absolutely. And we get those matches. Everybody that wants Gunther versus Roman, that would mean a ton to people that have watched WWE and NXT and followed Gunther slash Walter through his career. That would mean a lot to you and me who know the magnitude, who know the strength and the wrestling ability of these guys and how great it would be. But honestly, walk up to someone you know doesn't pay attention to wrestling and only knows that you're a wrestling fan. And I hate to say this, but even ask them, hey, have you heard of Gunther? I don't like saying that, but... That's the way it is. In my business, we have to appeal to as many people as possible. So yeah, I can tell you about all these great indie artists that I know from these great bands, and maybe one of them might hit and take off. But there's a reason why there's only so many big names out there making a ton of money. And that's the same for wrestling as well. Anyway, that's some of your thoughts on The Rock versus Roman potentially headlining WrestleMania 40. Coming up next... We're going to dive back into your comments on something a lot less serious, but a ton of fun. I appreciated this. I asked you, uh, what do you think Tony Khan's big announcement is going to be this Wednesday on Dynamite? And safe to say, you did not disappoint with your predictions. How based they were in reality is yet to be determined. That's coming up next. This is McGuire on Wrestling. Welcome back to McGuire on Wrestling. Last segment of the show. Thank you so much for listening. And again, if you want to get in on the conversation, the Team MOW Facebook page, Team MOW McGuire on Wrestling. That's where you can chat with myself, with Andy Evans over at TSC, with the GWO of Mitch and Dimitri, and of course with each other, which is always the most fun thing 
for me to go through and, and check out is what y'all are saying to each other sometimes because honestly it's it's just a creative fun weird little space that we have here where we like to talk about wrestling and at the same time hopefully not take things too seriously and and to be honest that's a dream that I have with life is that if we can just get through it without taking it too seriously that's the best way to do things however sometimes when you ask an actual serious question you get people that that don't want to answer seriously and I'm actually okay with that too because it was announced that Tony Khan this Wednesday on Dynamite will make another big announcement. We've talked about these big announcements before. We've talked about how sometimes it's been an announcement for an announcement. Other times it's been big deals. So what's it going to be this Wednesday? And safe to say, 99% of you did not take this seriously at all. Which made it more fun to actually read along with. Let's go through the list here. And we'll, we'll get through the 1% of serious comments. Rob Kempton saying it could be the signing of Mercedes Monet or Okada or something so minor I will feel regretful for watching another, I will say it again, another lame announcement from Tony. So Rob started out serious and then shifted sideways there. Uh, Devin Axman agrees it could be Mercedes Monet. Uh, Andy Evans from TSC says he signed an agreement with a new streaming service called FlixNet. And all AEW and ROH shows will be there for the entire universe to see. Okay, why not? Fraz says a new John Cena album. I'm down for that. I liked Bad Bad Man. Whatever happened to Bumpy Knuckles anyways? One more kind of serious one here. This is from uh, my good friend Curtis Heckenleibel up in Edmonton. He says, doubt it will be Okada. Wondering if it's moving Rampage and Collision to different nights. Hmm. I don't know if that's something I would tease as a big positive announcement unless it was like... Hey, we're moving to Monday and Tuesday because why have ratings? Andrew Jones says, taken in literal terms, this announcement has to be about Paul White? Well, no, because he's Paul White. It's no more BS. No more Big Show. Come on, Andrew. Kyle Jago says, ponies for all the talent, two for Hangman. I don't know. Given Hangman's history, I think he'd be more excited about like a, a new rider mower or something. Oh, maybe he puts a plow on the ponies. Dan the Mouth Lavransky. He's going to announce that he can actually make an announcement without looking like a deer in the headlights. Wow, that's not nice. I mean, accurate, but not nice. Mike Marquardt says, the show is in Boston. What free agent is billed from Beantown? That's your answer. And that, that of course, is referring to Mercedes Monet. You know, on that note, they should come up with a wrestler sponsored by Boston Pizza, and he comes out eating a Boston Brute, and that's his name. And for those of you who have never had a Boston Pizza, Boston Brute, look it up. You'll see what I'm talking about. It was a college favorite here. And Matthew Smith says that Tony Khan will announce my new radio station gig. Too late! We already beat him to it. Got all the scoops right here. <laughs> oh, man. The first show, the first episode is tomorrow morning. And it wasn't my idea, but they're calling it the Mike McGuire Show. And then I have uh, someone joining me. Her name is Cass Patterson. So it's the Mike McGuire Show with Cass Patterson. No pressure. I can't really screw this one up. Otherwise, who do I got to blame? So that happens tomorrow morning. If you're watching it, enjoy NXT Vengeance Day tonight. And as always, I want to thank you for being a part of the show, your feedback, your contributions, your silly comments, all of it. Always welcome and appreciated. Again, mcguireshow.com is where you can find everything. If you can support the show by picking up some merch, cool. But if you can't, that's okay too. Just hit us with a five-star rating and give us some love in the comments and you will have done your part to make this thing continue to grow and succeed from the Team MOW Studios, which is a real thing now. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. And letting me do what I do. Till then, play safe, drive safe. Ah, be senior!